International success coach and noted author, Constance Arnold, delivers life-changing strategies through her own spiritual practices, as well as with best-selling authors and experts that she interviews. Think, Believe, and Manifest is specially designed to empower your mind and words to work for you and to bring about a life you've been dreaming of. And now, here's Constance Arnold. Well, hello, Powerful Creator, and welcome to the Law of Attraction Radio Network. And of course, I am Constance Arnold, host of the Think, Believe, and Manifest Talks show. I hope that you are making a decision to have a great holiday, to celebrate, to be thankful, to be grateful, and enjoy your life. Well, uh, it is a beautiful, uh, sort of cold day here in the ATL, and uh, I am excited about my show today. I have my dear friend Brenda J. Culpepper, and she's going to be talking to, to you about how to become happy for no reason. Wow, that is so interesting. She is a certified happy for no reason coach Uh with the wonderful Marcy Shimoff and uh, can't wait to hear what she had to say because, you know, this time of year, so many people feel very unhappy and uh, we're going to teach you today that you do have choices. Follow me on social media, uh, Law of Attraction Constance, both on IG and TikTok. Of course, my YouTube channel and and Facebook coach with Constance. Uh, I went live a couple of times last week, and I'm going to be endeavoring to do the same. What else? I want to remind you about my Black Friday special. That's right. Uh, once a year, I gift to all of my listeners a 50% discount uh, from my coaching packages. And this year, I felt led to use my six-month coaching package. And so that simply means that you will be able to purchase a six-month coaching package from me with a 50% discount. Wow, what a Christmas gift. What a gift to give to yourself. So you simply need to go uh, to my website, fulfillingyourpurpose.com and make your purchase. And once you do, I will be coaching with you uh, within seven to 10 business days. If you're already coaching with me, you can certainly add these extra six sessions uh, to the coaching um, sessions that you already have. It's my Christmas gift. It is my yearly gift. And uh, it, it this is the only time that it will be offered this year. I think that is it. Uh, I guess I just want to reiterate to really make an intentional decision to be happy. Look for the good. Uh, look for the happiness. Look for the glimmer of sunshine that's in your life. Be radically grateful uh, for what you do have. And, uh, you know, television portrays the holidays as, as one way. And maybe some of you may not be feeling that way, but look for the good that you do have. And certainly uh, Brenda J. Culpepper is going to teach you how to do that. So let's take a deep breath in, everybody. 
Let's let it out. We're getting ready to receive from this wonderful woman of God just profound revelation, insight, and knowledge, and I want you to stay tuned. Are you feeling stuck? Are you ready to live a life beyond your wildest dream? Constance Arnold is a seasoned and experienced professional licensed counselor for 25 years and a certified success life coach and would love to partner with you to create your dreams. She's coached and trained over 10,000 clients on five continents and has a proven track record of success. Constance will assist you in getting a clear vision for your life and develop customized strategies, projects, and action steps to begin manifesting your dream. Contact her today at Constance at fulfillingyourpurpose.com and visit her website at fulfillingyourpurpose.com. Well, everybody, I'm back and we have a superstar in the house today. You better put on your seatbelt and she is a dear friend of mine, but I want to introduce her uh, properly. Uh, we are honored to have uh, Brenda Culpepper. She has so many uh, accomplishments, but she is the host of Breakfast with Brenda, which is a variety show where she shares her wisdom and gives perspective and just insight on just current topics. She is a Christian educator who trains ministry leaders in leadership through her school, the Prophets Portion, Portion School of Ministry. Uh, she is the author of a brand new book, which I have right here. Uh, you can't get a racehorse out of a mule. What in the world is she talking about? She's going to share that with us. But she is also a certified happy for no reason coach. And that really, I feel like that rounds off or really adds to who she is and brings out her empathetic nature by really encouraging people to find out why aren't you happy, what makes you happy, and helping them to find their purpose. Uh, she is a sought-after speaker, coach, and mentor. She's the recipient of so many awards. She's been nominated Woman of the Year and the 25 Most Influential Women in Business Award. But this is the main point. She holds the keys to three U.S. cities. And I always say I'm sometimes trying to find my own key. So we're going to be talking about, you know, how to get happy and stay happy. So Brenda J. Culpepper, welcome back to the Law Thank of Attraction Radio Network. <laughs> My privilege to be here. Yes, ma'am, it is. Mm -hmm. Well, fabulous I, only meets itself. You wouldn't know fabulous if it wasn't in you. So true. So true. So how have you been? I'm well. How have you been? I'm good. Good. I'm Happy good. birthday, by the way. Thank you. Still celebrating during the entire month of November. Just went out last night with friends. It feels good to uh, to receive. So we're going to get just right into it. Um, we're going to be talking about your happiness. 
certi for no reason certification. And I interviewed Marcy Shimoff, and I think you were a part of her group. What was what was that experience like for you? Oh, girl, listen. I was a part of the Year of Miracles that was uh, sponsored by Marcy Shimoff. Marcy, of course, is the world-renowned author of Chicken Soup for the Soul for Women, mm -hmm. Happiness for No Reason, Love for No Reason, over 14 million copies in print. Mm -hmm. And so during the year, they asked if any of those in the Year of Miracles program would like to try and become certified happiness trainers. I didn't even know what that was, Constance. I had no clue. And ironically, I was very busy that day. You had until five o'clock in the afternoon. And I, in the class, there were 5,000 women from around the world, 5,000. And so I said, there is a snowball chance in heck that you would be chosen. But Holy Spirit said, fill out the application. So there was this big application and they wanted to know all your media presence and social media and, you know, have you done this kind of thing before? So I filled out the application. I sent it in about five to four, five minutes to five it was 4.55. Didn't pay it a bit of attention. A couple of days later, I get a call that I have been chosen for the first round. So, okay, they wanted to interview me. And I, you know me, and I have a very flip mouth. It's my spirit, okay? So they interviewed me on a Sunday afternoon. I did not know, you're going to love this, they had vetted me. They checked that application, and everything I said on that application, they checked. Oh, so you hold a key to three U.S. cities? Let's vet that. Um. So I start the conversation, me and my mouth, Lord, I started the conversation with, I need for you to know that I'm a Christian. I'm not sure about all this frou-frou stuff you guys are doing, but this is my life. This is who I am. This is what I do. And so we talked about 20 minutes and she says, I really like you. I think we're going to move you to the next one. We're going to choose you. I'm going to send your application to link to Marcy. Like what, something just happened, what just, what just happened? So next thing I know, I'm getting a letter from Marcy Shimoff. You'll be personally trained by her. They received 2,500 applications and they chose 249. And I was one of those. And so I spent the next 14 weeks in an intense, mind-altering experience I'm, and so that's I'm not surprised you were chosen not not at all and you're kind. I'm not kind I, I know who you are and 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 it does add to I think it adds a, a a different dimension and layer to who you are and what you already know so you know we know what time of year it is we're gonna get to your book later on but mm -hmm. people are feeling some kind of way. And I know one thing that, that Marcy, that you learned was your happiness set point. What in the world is that? And why is that important? Well, all of us, first of all, let's step back to okay. figure out what does the word happy really mean? It's an inner state of peace and well-being that does not depend 
on circumstance. Most of us have are happy if I'm going to play the what if game because there's a lot of that in our happiness training. If I got a new car, then I'll be happy. If I got a new job, if I got married, if I had this amount of money, if, 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 then I'll be happy. And that defines what our happiness set point is. The place that you go from being unhappy to being happy for a good reason, and then to the ultimate being happy for no reason at all. Part of the challenge that we're having in this environment today is post-pandemic, there's a high degree of isolation, trauma, depression, suicide is becoming the number two reason for the cause of death. It's pushing out cancer because people are by and large unhappy with themselves. So the set point is where you're starting from. Now, I had big controversy with them. I had asked them a very hard question because they contend that being happy is predicated on genetics and your learned tendency or a place that you are accustomed to being or operating from. So if genetics is a large part of your being happy, then a lot of us are in a world of hurt. A lot of us who have trauma, slavery, um, misogyny, all kinds of issues, and that's in our gene pool. See, we respond genetically because of how our mama did it or our grandmama or Gma or your great grandparents. So we don't all start from the same place. I've got some friends who grew up wealthy, didn't understand what it was like to have to be hungry. So her happiness set point is gonna be higher than someone who did not have the same experience. I'm hoping that explains it a little it, bit. It, it does. So so you being the spiritual woman that you are, and I love what you brought in about genetics and people's experiences. Can those of us who are spiritual, I know we're body, soul, and spirit. Can the spirit help us to supersede or, or or bypass all of that stuff and it we can should, be happy. It should be able to. However, happiness is a state of mind. So some of us, even the spiritualists, must learn to control their mind. The mind chatter. Who do you, what, that stuff that you hear in your head when you wake up in the morning, the stuff, your belief system about who you are, what you are, what you call to purpose must change because we as spiritual people must bring the light. And if our light is dim, we're not doing that, which we have been purposed to do in a more effective way. So, because I've gotten this question a lot, can my happiness set point be adjusted? And the short answer is absolutely. It can be raised till you find yourself at a place of Zen because some of that is going to require 
changing some habits because the set point is based 50% genetics, 40% habit, and 10% is circumstance. So as a result, any of that can change, which is how I, a lot of my feelings about happiness was poured into my book because I looked at myself and I said, self, you've got to change your mind. Change your mind, honey, the behind will follow. Yeah. So I, you know, just mind is so powerful. Uh, I was telling somebody neuroscientists are finding that when we, when we just consistently change a thought, you know, i.e., I'm going to write a book is going to be successful. They say that all of the atoms, all of the light atoms in the universe will begin to align with that consistent thought and feeling. And eventually that will be downloaded onto the physical plane of your mind and your thinking and it will manifest. So, mm -hmm. so I know you are big on core beliefs. That's so big. That's a whole show. How, <laughs> How does our doggone core beliefs really impact, limited, and limit and change our happiness? Listen, I could spend two hours talking to you about <laughs> limiting core beliefs, self-sabotage. If someone says to you, let's use our mothers, for example, mm -hmm. if your mama says to you, Constance, you're just like your daddy. That puts an imprint in your head. What does that mean? Is my daddy bad? Is my daddy too tall? Stand up straight. You'll never amount to anything. You know, what do you mean you want to be a millionaire? How's that going to happen? All of these, all this language gets embedded into our psyche. And we believe the things people say about us. We just, we can't help it. We just believe it because we think that they know better than we do. So one of the things we have to learn to do is to change our core limiting beliefs so that you can realize the best that there is. I'm going to use myself as an example. Okay. Um, I've got so many stories, read my book, so many stories, but one particularly stands out in that I was an adolescent parent, got pregnant, 18, didn't think I could ever realize my dreams, hopes, vision, desires. And I started seeing this guy after I left my daughter's father, who said to me, who is going to want you because you have a, ba a daughter. Mm. So it pushes these buttons. Okay. It pushes the rejection button. The rejection button in our psyche is probably one of the most strongest that there is. I do a lot of work with adolescent parents who come from single parent homes. So rejection is the rule of the day. Oh, so mommy and daddy aren't together. Why did daddy leave us? Is there something in me that caused daddy to leave us? So you've got to deal with rejection and not allow what was in your past to dictate your future. And there's a whole lot of that. So we can talk about 
core limiting beliefs until the cows come home um, because it affects who we are. So mm -hmm. when a person recognizes and can shift and change their core belief about who they are, what they can be, do, and have, then that can be a part of that 40% of happiness that can shift and change and bring more happiness into their lives. Because you said it, you it, said 50% was genetics and 40% was habits. Am I correct? Yeah. That is, so if you start changing your habits, genetics embodies the, the core limiting beliefs, who mommy and daddy was and what was poured into us as children. And um, church has a lot to do with genetics as well. What is the trauma that we cannot help? Okay, in my program, Young Parents Speak, I had teen parents who lived with a mother who was a teen parent, a grandmother who was a teen parent, and a great-grandmother. And so part of our goal was to get the child, the adult, the teen, to not have any more children and to hope and pray that their children, these children of that, that were in our program, the babies would break the cycle of, and thereby changing the genetic marker so that it does not affect their future. And most of the girls have a children who did not um, perpetuate that situation because it's hard to overcome genetics. I asked Marcy, I says, look, I had a room. I think I told you the story at my right. office. I had a room of 14 triple degreed women, LCSWs and, you know, MBAs and whatever. And one of them, the LCSW asked me, if you're telling me that genetics is an issue and I've had slavery or I've had trauma I've had all, and there's a whole plethora of things and stories we could talk about that. How do I overcome to raise my set happiness set point? That takes daily affirmations. Um, you have to believe you're wonderfully and fearfully made. I use Project 369. I think I gave you, you one Thank of the books. You. Thank you, hallelujah. Um, mm -hmm. To help with positive affirmations, using music to drown out the voices in your head. Because see, the mind talks back. The mind will remind you, oh, see? See what they said about you? Oh, see? They didn't invite you to the party. So there must be something the matter with you. So that takes work. A lot, a lot of work. Consistent. Mm -hmm. You know, so I agree with that. So what can listeners do? You mentioned some things. I, um, you, you was, were you the one who taught me about 369? Yes, you brought that to my attention. And then you were so generous to, and bought me a book. So what can just the person who's listening to this say, okay, Brenda Culpepper and Constance, I am not happy. What can they begin to do on a daily basis to really change? The first thing they've got to do is change their mind okay. about who they are. 
identify what your purpose. Everybody has purpose in life. To identify what their purpose is and determine whether the their purpose is fulfilling them. I've I've dealt with women of late since happy for no reason who did not know the level of their unhappiness until it was pointed out. What is it about your life that needs change? You can start with a small, small thing. Mm -hmm. And that small thing could be a habit. Like I wasn't happy with my weight. And so changing my mind, because you know, the mind is a terrible thing. The mind, first of all, scales lie. Did you know that a scale is one of the biggest liars? I tell my doctor every Monday, that scale is lying to you. Um, starting with changing my mind, having positive affirmations, evaluate, self-evaluation is hard. It really is hard. Yeah. Are you really, you know, you're so all, are you really happy with who you are? So by changing my mind about Brenda, I was able to manifest things that have been held up, bound up forever in two days. So if we change our minds after we evaluate, you need to evaluate your relationships. You evaluate relationships. Are these relationships toxic to you? Do they make you feel contracted? Contracted means I, if I'm around this person and I have to steal myself to be around them, that is a toxic relationship you don't need to be around. So you extricate yourself. And if you can't extricate yourself, do you just determine I'm going to spend less time with that person? Evaluate your job. If your job is not completing you, then determine that. Because let me tell you what, how the mind works. I said to myself, self, I'm going to write a book. And I'm going to write the book by December 1st of last year. I'm going to write this book. I've been writing the book for 10 years, but I took Year of Miracles and Happy for No Reason. And so I removed the blockage from my mind to write the book. And believe it or not, the book was finished, I want to say November 26th of last year. It took longer to get edited and cover designs and all that than it did to write that book. Why? Because I had changed my mind and I believed, you know, some of us have not a good self-belief system. We don't think we can do that thing that we're purposed to do. But see, if God can wake up and look out and say, hmm, I think I'm going to create a sun, a moon, and a stars. The way that it's created is that he saw it in his mind. He spoke it, it out of his mouth, and the DNA of God wrapped itself around the atmosphere condition, and suddenly we had manifestation. Begins Began in his mind, though. Okay. You know, I, I love that. So just... For listeners, whatever you want to happen during this holiday or before the end of the year or next year, Culpepper is saying it has to begin with your thinking. 
And yes. so God is in us or whatever you want to call it, higher power, spirit, source, the same energy and uh, power that create the universe is on the inside of us. So Brenda, are you saying that when people awaken to that and to who they are, that and evaluate that happiness, it puts them in the vibration of happiness. It puts them on the road to happiness. Great word. It puts them on the road to pure manifestation. It puts them in a place, it removes limiting beliefs. If you believe that you are wonderfully and fearfully made, if you believe that he believes above, above all things that you would prosper. If you, because some of us are self-saboteurs, we don't believe the things that are, we, that we read in the Bible. We don't, we don't believe it. We just think that God is some cosmic sugar daddy. Okay. Uh, so it begins with the mind. Mm -hmm. Terrible thing to waste. Okay. Anything else you want to say, set up, say about happy for no reason, love for no reason. The her, the first time I heard her say that, I'm like, what is she talking about? Yeah. Uh, and we're gonna move to your book. So, so we know people are desiring happy. Oh, I see everybody is is doing the holidays, and people are feeling some kind of way, and. And just yesterday on social media, I talked about feeling your feelings and choose to find those glimmers of happiness mm -hmm. and looking for what would you say to people about the holidays before we move to your book? You know, the holidays are a very interesting time for mankind. Mm -hmm. Everybody doesn't have capacity. They don't have warm fuzzies. They don't understand what it takes to make them feel good. So, for example, um, I used to tell my teen girls to do something that's going to produce endorphins. For example, I do a habit, especially during the summer, every day around 2.33 o'clock, I sit on my deck with the sun on my face. That process is called sundowning. It produces vitamin D in my skin, but it raises my energetic circuitry so that I'm feeling better about myself. I have to remove anything that is unhealthy. Also, um, project in your mind some positive imagery. There's just not enough. That's why, you know, harm, Hallmark TV channel Christmas movies are so enormously popular because it produces endorphins. It produces warm fuzzies. Get some Christmas music. Go walk around the mall where there are Christmas trees. We're putting up Christmas lights in our subdivision now. I ordered them early. Why? Ask me why. Say why. Why? <laughs> because people are depressed and the lights create this endorphin. I'm talking about the ooh and in the ah, ooh, ah. Um, get more rest. Drink more water. Take a nap in God. Ask me how to do that. How, how do you do take that? It's you. Okay, so you got a situation. You got rent that has to be paid. You got a cancer diagnosis. You have 
all manner of anything that causes you to be constricted, okay? So what you do is you put those on the altar or whatever your belief system is, okay? You put it on the altar, you leave it there. I'm gonna use an example. Jesus was in a boat, fast asleep. When a storm came, they said the storm was like hurricane force and it was the wind and the waves. Jesus was asleep in the boat. They woke him up, master, carest thou not that we perish? And Jesus is like, what? First of all, don't you see I'm here in the boat with you? Nothing is going to happen because I am here in the boat with you. But the point was, Jesus was taking a nap. So what? If you are in the winds and the waves and the storms in your life, don't be afraid to put it all in the bow of the boat. Go take a seat somewhere and take a nap and trust that he that created the storm has the capacity to say, peace, be still. Wow. Peace, be still. Wow. That's peace. some. Wow. People really needed to hear that, Brenda. I, I just love that. So, mm -hmm. so so let's move to your book because you you said share something with me. You said I had a limiting belief around writing my book. I would have never. Oh, we're twins now. I would have never guessed that about you because of all of your accomplishments. And so, because you read the book, yes, I read the book and I endorsed the book. And you endorsed so, the book on the back cover. Holla. <laughs> and, and so when I read it I'm like oh my god all of this wisdom was in Brenda all of these years that people are really searching for but it was your limiting belief I know somebody else out there is listening who may want to write a book or start a business and it said it, uh, you said that it changed with your thinking that hey I can do this Mm -hmm. Right. Absolutely. First of all, I got myself a book coach. Mm. Okay. Um, just like you're a coach, I'm a coach, but sometimes the coach needs a coach. Absolutely. <laughs> so because the way that I wanted to write the book isn't the way it came out. I wanted to, and you know, the book is filled with my truths. My story, my backstory, stories about me and being a teen parent and all the awards and accolades are all listed in the book. And there's a picture with my husband and I with Barack Obama at the back of the book. Wanted to do all of that, but I really wanted to tell the story of my childhood and what that was like and how it marked me. But he said something to me and I'll never forget it. You have to be careful what you put on paper because it is a memorial, it's a piece of you you're gonna leave behind. And you wanna be careful not to offend people while they yet live, okay? So I and had to change fun. my mind about that because it wasn't, I wanted the book to, to bring life, not to just me, but to bring wisdom to other women who have endured what I have endured and to remove this is the drum roll, the shame factor. Because contrary to popular opinion, some of us are ashamed of our past. 
of the choices and the decisions that we made. We're just, whoo, who's going to hear me? I was a teen mother. Who's going to hear me? I was married to a drug addict and I lived in the South Bronx with guns and roaches. Who wants to hear that? Until I wrote this book and women everywhere are like, what? You? What? Yeah. So so let's take some excerpts because there's so much wisdom and your daughters. I love it because you have a Brenda Ishiri and then her two daughters are given their perspective. So yeah. we have different generations sharing uh, different perspectives of how they perceive the wisdom. So so share share one, a couple of powerful wisdom excerpts that would really help people and by the way i'm have brenda at the end share how to get this book because there's so much in here you could take one of these wisdom excerpts and uh change your life so just a title you can't get a racehorse out of a mule um you know as you know i'm a um transformational leader motivational speaker And for years, I've used that language. You can't get a racehorse out of a mule because my population has been primarily women. Mm -hmm. So when I explain how thoroughbred racehorses are developed, um, how they're mated, how how much it costs, how you, you know, pick and choose who so that the bloodline of the racehorse is kept intact. We as women need to choose our mates the same way. That if you perceive yourself as a racehorse, as the top of the best there is, then you're not going to mate yourself with a mule because all you'll get is mulets. And so that is what the title means. You can't get a racehorse out of a mule. I interviewed a lot of people to get their perspective on this. So I'm going to tell you a little story about my friend Samima, who came from, and the story is in the book, and a very wealthy family in India. When she was born, she was promised to her parents' very close friends who had a son who was two years old. They made an arrangement that she would be cultivated to be this boy's wife. She was just born. He was two. So there was a contract and dowry and whatever. So her parents, her mother was a doctor Mm -hmm. who came to the United States. Mother and father came to the United States to be educated. They go back. They raised this child. She had all kinds of degrees. They sent her to the United States to invest their money in real estate. That's how we met. She invested money in real estate. She calls me to says, Miss Brenda, my fiance is coming to America. I'm getting married. I'm going to meet him for the first time. And I want, they're having a reception and I want you to come. And I'm hyperventilating because, you know, that's not my culture. Like, what? what?" (laughs) She says, and if you want to, I want you to come to the wedding in India. I'll fly you over. I don't So... I said, Samima, let me see if I understand. You are meeting a man you've never met. You're going to meet him in two days. 
There's going to be a reception so your American friends could meet him. And then you're all flying home and you're going to have a three-day Indian celebration. And she said she had never seen him. She was 27 years old. Uh, he was an engineer for General Electric. So he had a great job. He came from family money. And so I go to this reception. She was lucky. He was a very handsome, you know, nice guy. Um, last I heard, I haven't talked to her in about 15 years. I've been here 10. Is you know, they they got married, they're still married, two children. She was one of the lucky ones. My next door neighbors are arranged marriage as well. They are both doctors. And she talked very candidly about another resident who lives around the way, arranged marriage, not happy at all. He wasn't a, they're not what's called equally yoked, mm -hmm. but I, and I make a little quip in the book that maybe that culture has the right idea. Um, so that is the whole concept. And I have a little cartoon in here. Um, even on the back, it says, there's a cartoon that says, hi, Gloria, meet my boyfriend, Jack. Jack and I are going to have a mule together, okay? Then there's a cartoon inside that talks about um, a, a racehorse. Oh, it's not that important, but buy the book and you can see it. Where the a, a, a racehorse talks about, he says, I am Prince Fifle the Third. My lineage can be traced back 300 years and I am worth millions you're standing in my way and he's talking to a mule and the mule says i'm billy i was born in this field and i'm not worth much but you're standing in my poop mm. mm -hmm. yeah so. and so it goes back to your mindset how you see yourself right your mm -hmm. your self-esteem self uh these two people uh the girl who who said come to your wedding, she had been prepped for that all of her life. And mm -hmm. probably her husband was too. So mm -hmm. she had a certain mindset of what right. she deserved. Mm -hmm. I deserve the best. I should have the best. I'm worthy. Yep. I'm deserving. Mm -hmm. But we don't culturally probably not going to sound good, but culturally we don't have the same mindset because we don't think that highly of ourselves so true it is okay to have less than it is okay for him to be okay and not i remember um after i left my daughter's father i had this ideal in my mind because I had changed my mind. You know, it's easier to say what you don't want than it is what you do. All I know is I didn't want that. I wanted to get myself a man with a briefcase because in my mind, the man with the briefcase and the three-piece suit was the ideal. But hear this, I wasn't ready for the man with the briefcase because I'm coming out of a relationship 
with a person who was a drug dealer. Um, I had a potty mouth. I didn't dress appropriately because that was the life I was living. So I had to change my mind about myself. The guy with the briefcase had an MBA. What is he going to do talking to me with no college at all? So I had to change my mind to prepare myself to change from being a mulet to becoming a racehorse because the racehorse is in us. But I had to prepare. I had to go to school. I had to learn the appropriate language. I had to change the way I dressed to prepare myself for the life that you would not have recognized me. <laughs> and so, Brenda, the life that you live now, ooh, okay, is is I've been to your house. I've been around you. Is an amazing, uh, awesome life. So, do you believe that it was? changing that mindset that put you in the vibration of this is who I am this is what I deserve your husband is so sweet uh, this mm -hmm. is this is what I deserve and this is what I have is that what happened on the inside of you yes I slowly first of all I had to detoxify from the old relationship then I had to tell myself that I was worthy of someone like him Okay. You know, he's got two master's degrees. He was an investment banker. It was all these things that I was not. He didn't use profane language. He wasn't, he was very polished. You know him, very mm -hmm, polished. Very. He had an ideal in his mind. He wanted to be a millionaire, wanted to be able to achieve that. He wanted, you know, and I always wanted from a little girl, and that story is in the book too, a house on the corner with a white picket fence and driver Mercedes Benz. That was my, what if, if I, only I could, happy, whatever, that would make me happy, okay? Well, so, was, was that in your imagination most of the time, that this house on the corner, white picket fence? Well, y'all, she don't have a house. Now she got a mansion, but, <laughs> but, but, but that, that picture... Mm -hmm. And that never belief. Left. Yep, never. Uh-huh. Didn't know how. This is yes. important. Did not know how I was going to achieve it. But what I've learned about the mind, the mind is an onboard computer. You put something in your mind, it goes to work. You explained it very beautifully. The universe goes to work to vibrate to you those things that you need for, for your vision, your dream to be realized. That's what happens. It happens every time, but you have to work. Miracles are work. The Bible says the working of miracles. So for me to get from 1076 Tell Avenue in the Bronx apartment 2D to 837 Cog Hill, living on the golf course in a custom built house was constantly renewing my mind you renew it every day I get up every day and I start all over and I expect that God will keep his promises I expect it he is not anything but a promise keeper so I'm here because I believed I was gonna get here yeah and, yeah, and I want to stay there for a little bit because uh, uh 
ladies and gentlemen, you know, she said she held it in her mind. She didn't know how. And she became the woman that aligns with her husband, you know, even before she met him. And so what, what are you holding in your mind? And one major thing is she didn't know how, but she said she never let that picture go. Y'all already know that images backed up with emotion really impacts and puts a tattoo on our subconscious mind and the whole universe said, oh, Brenda wants a house. Brenda wants a, a man with a briefcase. She held mm -hmm. that. She felt that it had to happen. It's a universal law. The universal law had to happen. Um, but I wish, this is probably not a good thing to say, but I wish I had this knowledge. And I'm just hearing the Holy Spirit speak to me. I wish I had this knowledge 25 years ago. But sometimes knowledge is for such a time as this, Esther. Okay. So you, true. I have what I have because the universe needs this knowledge, this iteration of Brenda today. The happy for no reason coupled with wisdom. The book is filled with sage advice. Yeah. Uh, I talk about how to blend a family. You've met my little family. Mm -hmm. My youngest daughter, Shari, did not know till she was about six or seven that Kimberly and Chris, Irv's son, my daughter, that Irv wasn't their biological father because there's language we don't use. We don't use step. We don't use half. We don't use bonus. None of that is allowed in the Culpeper house because why? It creates division. And so my daughter Kimberly is more like Irv than Shari and Chris. And every year we take a family vacation. We've been doing it forever. So now it's not just Irv and Brenda and the three kids. It's all the grandchildren. Last year we rented a, a villa in Hilton Head and everybody you know, or they'll come here. Everybody comes home for Christmas because that was an ideal. I didn't have an ancestral home, okay? So I wanted to create that for the kids and that's what we have now. They come here, everybody, I've got 13 people for Thanksgiving because they want to come home to mom and dad. So, so did you see that in your mind, Brenda, prior to all of this did you see i'm going to have a home i'm going to have a family we're going to come together and eat and there's going to be laughter and love you held that in your mind i held that from nine years old when it first became my conscious thought that i wanted to have an ancestral home i wanted a house on the corner with a picket fence and i wanted to drive a mercedes benz so I kept it and you put it in the recesses of your mind and all of that manifested. Even, even though I'm not living on the corner, I did have a house on the corner, white picket fence and an S550. I did it. I did that until we moved to Stamford, Connecticut. Um, but the things that i put in my mind that I really wanted to manifest, have manifested. Amazing. This mm -hmm. book, ladies and gentlemen, I mean, you're going to get stuck on one page because <laughs> the wisdom that comes out of this woman, you know, and you've heard me say a coach can teach you 
in five minutes what it took her 50 years. The Holy Spirit can teach you in five minutes just on one of these paragraphs that's in here. And, and so, Brenda, give people, how can people get this book? I know Amazon, but give us all of the ways that we can get this book. And I'm going to strongly encourage, you know, uh, Bob Proctor, he read Think and Grow Rich for 40 years. Yes, you might you, you might need to read this for, for, for 40 <laughs> days, four years, so that it can sink deeply uh, into mm -hmm. your subconscious mind and into your spirit. So how can they get this, Brenda? They can get it on Amazon, Kindle, of course, or they could send me an email and I can I can send them an autographed copy. I've been doing a lot of that in the last two weeks. I sold 19 books to one of my friends. She, she, she bought it for every niece, nephew, her sisters. Everybody is getting Brenda's. And so I had an autograph. You saw me at the book signing. I had an autograph, yeah, 111 man. books. Uh, I don't know how people do it. Marcy tells a story about how she had to have someone massage her hand. But anyway, um, my email, email? Uh, I'll send it to my personal email, bjcpepper at aol.com or uh, horses versus, no, let's do that one because we have the other emails. This one is faster. Okay, give it again, Brenda. B J C Pepper at AOL dot com. And you know, I a lot of people email me, Constance, can you endorse my book? I've yes. said I, I've said no two, three hundred times. But after I after knowing her and reading the manuscript, I said yes because of the wisdom that's mm -hmm. in here and you guys know that if it ain't right i'm not going to endorse it so that's i right. just strongly encourage you i know her character have been around her and her husband they're solid people that really are world changers and so buy this uh, get it for your nieces and your nephews uh maybe buy it some for someone who can't even uh, afford it and she's going to autograph it for you and Brenda I just appreciate you coming on I mean any woman that has uh, been been given the keys to three cities I tell you oh, what okay. <laughs> it was just God just a yeah. moment snapshot in time yes I appreciate you very much but you know that already uh -huh. that I know that wonderfully and fearful I don't want to be like you when I grow up <laughs> everybody uh, thank you so much Brenda so everybody go to uh, uh, go uh, email her right now Th these will be great Christmas gifts it's the holidays and uh, especially for people who love to read and and if you're a mom you, you can sit down with your children with your daughter and you guys can just talk about some things and uh, it's really good sometimes I Brenda I can see people in my mind using this in a support group or a therapy group where mm -hmm. people could just take e excerpts from this and uh, really teach people how to apply this powerful wisdom to their lives I'm so Let appreciative me just caution them though go ahead I need a word of caution the book there's a disclaimer in the front the book has triggers in it it does 
So if you have been a victim of incest or any kind of abuse, it might be a challenge. And I would recommend that you skip those chapters that, you know, there's a couple of stories about my daughter's best friend and her father, you know, you might not want to, but um, it's important because I also give advice to mothers, how to pay attention to your daughters so that you would know whether they've been abused or not, or are being abused. So I there's something that in that. There as well. All right, mm -hmm. everybody make a decision to create because you know, uh, you are the creator of your own reality to create a powerful day, a powerful week. Thank you again, Brenda, and everybody make a decision to be happy, stay happy, and manifest your dreams. Amen. Thank you so much for having me. I appreciate it. You're welcome. Thank you for listening to Think, Believe, and Manifest. Constance Arnold will be back next week with another great show just for you. For more information, please visit fulfillingyourpurpose.com.